Welcome to the Church at the Springs podcast. The Springs exist to lead our generation to God and connect people to a community of Christ followers who change their world. To learn more about us, visit thesprings.net. We hope you enjoy the message. Hello, Church of the Springs. Thank you so much. Glad you are here with us this morning. If we haven't had a chance to meet, like Ron said, my name is Doug. So glad to be here with you. I'm one of the pastors at First Baptist Orlando. Really excited for my family to be here gathering with you this morning in this series uh, about being home for Christmas. Hey, if you have your Bibles or your phone apps, you can open them to John chapter 14. We're gonna jump around there quite a bit within the chapter, John 14. As you guys are swiping open or opening pages, whatever you do, uh, let me just kind of set up the morning and introduce myself by telling you about the four homes that are most important uh, in shaping my life. The four homes that are most important to me. The first one is, it's the home that I grew up in. Now, here's what you should know. I did not grow up in a church going home. Uh, My dad uh, was an atheist agnostic for most of my life and um, so, He kept us and he was as far from Jesus as you could be. And so I kind of grew up in that environment. I had a mom who was, tried to go to church when she could, but we just, we didn't go to church. I didn't know anything about church. I didn't know anything about Jesus. I didn't, I didn't know anything. Like I, like I'm telling you, I didn't know anything. Uh, And so uh, that was the the home I grew up in and my family's pretty affluent. And what I can say about that is uh, we had everything. We just didn't have Jesus. And um, I knew for a lot of reasons that that was not the kind of home that I wanted to be in when I grew up. Let me tell you the second home that was important to me. Um, It was when I was in middle school, I had a friend who had a really wealthy dad. And I remember one time he said, hey, uh, come spend the night with me, but we're gonna go to my dad's house. And I was like, awesome. It's like, you know, it's like, a, you know, you, you kind of have this dream. You kind of just want to go to a mansion and just, you know, be a voyeur inside and just kind of see what happens in there. You know what I'm talking about? Like in my mind, because I'm of that generation, uh, just, you know, I'm an elder millennial. Uh, so apparently Ron told me that I love participation trophies. That's what I heard last week or two weeks ago in the message, right? Uh, and he's not wrong. Anyway, uh, so because I'm of that generation, like I grew up with Macaulay Culkin and Home Alone and that's the house right there. And then he did, you know, Richie Rich a little bit later. And there's, I just had this, you know, this dream that we would go to this big house there be like a McDonald's in the lobby. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. So I'm in the car, we're driving to the house and you know, we get there in this nice neighborhood in Houston, we, you know, just big houses and you, you pull in the driveway and you're just like, oh, like, right. And I walk in and a butler opens the door and I'm like, whoa, right. And so I get inside and the butler's like, hey, you know, we need you to take off your shoes. We wanna make sure not to attract, attract dirt all throughout the house. And I'm like, okay, yeah, seems fair. So take the shoes off. He shuffles us over into the, Living room area, there's a giant TV, and I'm like, cool. He goes, okay, a couple of rooms about the living, a uh, couple of rules, excuse me, about the living room. Uh, let's keep the volume at 20 or less uh, on the little clicker. And if you guys could just not put your feet on the coffee table, if you could just sit on the formal couch, if don't cross your legs, don't do anything that's fun, just sit there, you know, and just watch TV, that'll be great. And I was like, I don't wanna watch TV here, this is boring. So he finally takes us up to the rooms and my friend goes to his room and I'm shuffled off to the other end of the hallway to this other room and I walk in and there's one of those ginormous beds. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like one of those big beds had like a million pillows on it. And you know, I was just like, okay, wow, this is kind of comfy. And then he begins to tell me the rules about this room. He's like, listen, 
when you go to sleep, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take every pillow carefully and place it in the corner, stacked neatly in the corner. And when you slide into the sheets, try not to make too much of a fuss. Don't crease the sheets, don't bend them over, don't kick them around. Just, if you could just pull under the covers, just be like King Tut in his tomb. If you could just stay there like a mummy all night on your back, no side rolling, no body pillow, just stay there and just be that way, that would really help us. And when you wake up in the morning, if you could just put the bed back together like you found it and just place the pillows, all one million of them, back on this bed, just like you saw it, that would help us out a lot. It's just a house full of all these rules. And I remember the next morning as I got in the car and we drove away, I thought to myself, if I ever have a lot of money, I don't ever want a home like that, right? Let me tell you about the third home that I visited. About the same time, I'm in middle school. Again, I'm not a Christian, but I am uh, an athlete, or I'm a middle school athlete. I mean, we know how that is, right? Let's be real. I was a middle school athlete, you know. Uh, obviously, you can tell by my physique, cross country, right? Uh, this, is, this is not a football player, right? There is no blocking or tackling going on with this fellow right here. But if you tell me to go run three miles, I got gotcha. you. I'm your guy, right? I can run. I do that. So we got the, got the athlete thing going on, not a Christian. I get invited to FCA. Do you guys know what FCA is? Do y'all remember this? Fellowship of Christian Athletes. It's like an extracurricular thing in middle school and high school. I don't know if they had that in Florida. I'm from Texas. That's where they had that. Well, I, I, was, I was invited. I wasn't sure about it. They were like, hey, come to this FCA deal. I'm like, man, what's FCA? They're like, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. I'm like, Christians, pass. I'm, I'm good. No, I don't want to be around Christians. Like, no, 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 there's going to be other athletes there. I go, okay, cool. They're like, boys and girls, girls. I'm into girls. I will come if there are girls, right? And so I said, tell me the details. And they said, okay, it's at this surgeon's house. And I was like, oh, man, I don't want to go to another rich guy's house. Like, those are not fun. There are already rules there. And you're telling me this is a Christian surgeon. So there's probably even more rules about what you can do and you can't do. And it's going to be weird. I don't want to go to a Christian surgeon's house. Like, no, 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 listen, listen, it'll be fun. There'll be girls there. And there's a Texas A&M football player who's going to be giving his testimony. Now, I did not grow up in church. The only reference I had to a testimony was when like the, the ladies would come over and sell my mom Tupperware and they'd give testimonials. So in my mind, I was like, I'm gonna go and this Texas A&M football player is gonna sell me Tupperware. I don't understand. Christians are so weird. I don't know why I would ever do this as a 14 year old, right? And so anyway, they're like, no, no, Christian testimony is gonna share about how he came to know Jesus. And I was like, okay, fine, whatever. So, you know, parents take me over, drop me off. I walk inside, bam. The mom greets me, welcome to our home. So glad you're here. Come on in. Let me show you to the kitchen. There's music playing in the background. I think it was like DC talk or something. If you guys know what's up, right? Jesus freak was playing in the background. And I'm just like, okay, I see you Christians. I see you, right? There's a nice buzz in the place. The people are having fun and they're smiling and they're laughing and they're high-fiving and stopping in slow motion like an 80s sitcom. I mean, it's just like the whole vibe is there. She takes me to the kitchen and she's like, hey, look, here's the kitchen. There's food, drink, whatever help yourself. If we don't have something, let me know. So glad you're here. And I'm like, okay. Then she saunters over and takes me and shows me, you know, the game room that's over here. Feel free to go in the game room and have fun. There's restrooms over here. And then she says this phrase. I hadn't heard it a lot. Maybe you know it. Make yourself at home. And I was like, what is going on here? This was not what I expected. So anyway, like they finally gather everybody at a certain time period and the football player gets up there and 
tries to sell me Tupperware, whatever he was doing, right? Giving his little moment. And then, you know, he does the whole with every head bowed and every eye closed. And at that point, I think he's asking people to believe in Jesus, but I'm not into that. So I sneak away and I go to the bathroom and I just wait it out in the bathroom. Nice bathroom, let me tell you. If you have to wait out an invitation moment, that's the bathroom to go to, let me tell you. Uh, so we're in there, finally it's done and I can go. And so I'm headed to the door and parents are here and the surgeon catches me on my way out and he goes, Doug, listen, I don't know you. I know your father. We're so glad you're in our home. Come back anytime. And he was just so kind to me. And he was so kind to his wife. And he was so encouraging towards his kids. His kids were all beautiful and smiling. And it was like the Brady Bunch meets the sound of music, right? And I, I just remember I was like, thank you. And I kind of left and got in the car. And on my way home, I had two thoughts. Number one, that is the weirdest house I've ever been in in my life. Like Christians are so weird and smiling and encouraging and caring. And I'm just like, here's, here's the second thought I had in my head. I don't know about Christianity, but I want a home like that one day. Church of the Springs, have you ever noticed that no matter what town you're in, the Christian homes are often the best homes to be in? No matter where you go on this planet, no matter what neighborhood, you can always spot the Christian homes. I'm not talking about the fake Christian homes. I'm not talking about like the occasional Catholic attenders or the occasional Presbyterian people who say they go to church, but they don't really go to church and all of us know what's up, right? I'm talking about the real Christian homes. I'm talking about Church of the Springs people homes. You know what I'm talking about? They got the signs out front that say, come to our church. They're always handing out these connection cards or these invitation cards. They're doing these cool things for Christmas. They're always trying to invite you to come to church. They're smiling. They love Jesus. They're kind to one another. In every town in America, and listen, Natalie and I have been all over the globe doing church planning work in England and Latin America, and we've been in Canada and all over America, Mexico, right? All over, right? A little bit of Africa, right? Every Christian home I've ever been in, they're always the best homes. Why is this? When we're talking about homes, why is it that being a Christian and being in a Christian home is so substantially different? And I don't mean better in just like a qualitative way. I just mean the ideal home that we think about when Bean Crosby sings, I'll be home for Christmas, right? When whoever it is saying Perry Cuomo, there's no place like home for the holidays. When John Denver said, take me home country road. When we're all thinking about this ideal of home, why is it that Christian homes seem to embody this so well? And I wanna lead this sermon off by telling you the answer to this question. And here's the answer. The one thing, big idea, if you could get today, it's this. It's because only Jesus can lead you home. If you have Jesus, you can have home. I grew up in a home where I had everything except Jesus. I didn't have home. Wasn't a home I wanted to be around. But if you have Jesus, doesn't matter what else is going on in your life, you can have home. The ideal home for Jesus, the ideal home for us in Christmas is encapsulated by my ugly sweater I'm wearing here today. Look at this, it's a home. What kind of home is it? It's a manger. It's people gathered around Christ. And so if you can have Jesus, you can have home. And in John 14, Jesus wants to show us why this is true. And then he wants to show us, show us how he manifests this to be true in our lives. And so if you're still with me, Church of the Springs, you still with me? Yeah. Okay, let's jump into John 14 if we can. All right, John 14. I'm gonna make a point. I'm gonna read some scripture. I'll hop around a little bit. Let's go. The first thing I want you to notice in John 14 is really this. Um, it's that home for Jesus, as he defines it, home is where heaven touches earth. 
Home is where heaven touches earth. Read with me in John 14, starting in verse 1. John writes, uh, and he's speaking, he's quoting Jesus. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and I will take you to myself that where I am, you may be also. Now, this is really interesting. If you flip ahead to John 14, 23, Jesus comes back and kind of gives you a book ending on that statement there. And, and it's really the most powerful verse, I think, in the, in the passage here. John 14, 23, Jesus is speaking to Judas, who's not Iscariot, uh, and says this, Jesus answered him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. What is it that Jesus is saying? Jesus is saying that his mission on this earth is not just to save us and take us to heaven one day, his mission on earth is to take heaven and bring it down to touch earth in the lives of the people who follow him. Jesus says, I go to prepare this place. It's heaven. There's many rooms. It's inclusive for anybody who wants to follow me. But once I prepare that, I'm going to come back and I'm going to bring that to you now. When you follow Jesus, this is not just an afterlife thing. This is a today thing. Jesus wants to bring heaven to begin to work in your life. Like a little Trojan horse, Jesus comes into your life and he brings heaven with him and he begins to inaugurate heaven in our lives and it begins to spill over into our relationships and it begins to expand everywhere. This is what Jesus has always wanted to do, which is why when the disciples say, Jesus, teach us to pray, he says, pray like this. Our Father who art in, hallowed be your name, on kingdom, uh, 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 Help your name, Our, uh, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus has always been about taking heaven and bringing it to earth in the lives of his followers. His whole goal is to expand heaven as much as he can on earth until at some point he just consummates this whole thing and starts a new heaven and new earth and takes us, all of those of us who are following Jesus to be there with him, right? Uh, let, me, let me give you an illustration of this, just a, uh, an example. Um, we were driving here from Orlando. We're from Orlando. You guys know about Orlando? Y'all been there? There's Disney World. Do you guys know about this? Do I? Am I the first person to tell you about this? Am I an influencer? Is this what it feels like to be an influencer? Should I start an Instagram and a TikTok account? Man, so there's a city called Orlando. It's like 50 miles from here. It's really beautiful. In fact, it's called the City Beautiful. Anyway, we were driving here from there, and we were just noticing how far Orlando's expanding out, right? And we were getting kind of north, north, you know, west of things. And we got to a town called Mineola. Do you guys know where Mineola is? You've seen it on a map. And like, that's Orlando. And you know this because if you drive the other way, once you hit Mineola, there's a billboard for Disney. And it's like, welcome to Orlando. And you're in Mineola. And Mineola is like really far from downtown Orlando. But Orlando has just been expanding and expanding and expanding. And I'm pretty sure Orlando at some point is going to expand into Ocala, where Ocala is going to basically be a bedroom community of Orlando. There are going to be people who live here, and you're going to meet them, and you're going to say, tell me where you're from. You're like, oh, I live in Ocala. Oh, cool. Where do you work? I work in Orlando. And you go, how do you live in Ocala but work in Orlando? Are you flying there? Are you on a motorcycle? Has Elon Musk pulled the Hyperloop? Like, what's happening here? You're like, oh, no, you know Ocala. It's a bedroom community of Orlando. And you're going to be like, no, it really isn't. It, it's 50 miles from Orlando, but that's how cities expand, right? Houston, my hometown is the same way. It's basically taken over Texas. New York City, you guys know, has basically taken over New York and Delaware and Pennsylvania and all these other places, and LA has taken over California. 
And this is what Jesus wants to happen with heaven, that heaven just expands everywhere onto earth such that when you are home, you are in a place where heaven is beginning to touch the earth through the lives of believers transformed by following Jesus. And that's why when you have Jesus, you can have home because Jesus brings heaven with him into our hearts and into the world around us. Now that's the why. Now I want you to notice the how. Jesus tells us how this begins to manifest itself practically. And he does so by offering three promises in this passage here. I want you to notice them. The first promise is this, that Jesus grants peace. Okay? Jesus grants peace. The very end of John's uh, passage here in verse 27, he says this, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Jesus has just told them in John 13, I am going to the cross and I'm going to die. And the disciples are discouraged. They're troubled. They're anxious. And Jesus is troubled, which is why he's in the garden of Gethsemane crying and sweating blood. He's troubled. Everybody's just troubled. And so in order to give them some sense of hope, he says, keep in mind, guys, I am bringing peace into your lives in the midst of this trouble. Now, in our current cultural context, we tend to think about peace as being the absence of conflict. And I think if all of us are really honest, especially around the holidays, we understand this, right? You have people that gather in your house, maybe you have kids or family members or just randos who showed up off the street and just came into your house and you're like, okay, cool. And there's just a lot of people that are in your home and you know you kind of have like a Clark Griswold moment where there are too many people in your house. And even though you don't smoke cigarettes, you're like, I have to go outside and smoke a cigarette right now. Uh, there are just way too many people. And when you're outside in your honest moments, you're just going, Lord, if you could just move all these people out of my house, if you could just get rid of all the trouble, if you could just move all the problems away, then I will have peace because we tend to think about peace as being the absence of conflict. But that's not what Jesus came to bring. The idea for peace here is that Jesus wants to have us experience a calming, orienting presence of himself that will calm us in the midst of our troubles. I know you have troubles, but I'm bringing this peace to you that's going to help you be oriented in the middle of that. I'll give you an example with this. Um, when Nally and I lived in Chicago, I was doing PhD work, and in the middle of studying one semester, a friend of ours said, let's go out on a boat. We'll go into Lake Michigan. And I was like, okay, great. And so we went out, we got on the boat, we started going, and man, it was choppy waters. And I don't know if you've ever been on a boat in choppy waters, but um, I had not. Um, and I don't like boats. Uh, like I don't sleep on cruise ship. I don't like boats, right? Like that's me. And so this thing is doing this and I am doing this right here. And we're just having that moment. And I'm now throwing up over the side of the boat and it's just not a good situation. I, I just could not find my bearings. I was overwhelmed at the choppiness of the waters. And the captain had to come over to me at one point, put his arm around me. And he's like, hey man, just, I need you to look at the horizon out there. Just look at the horizon. I was like, I can't see it. He's like, look at the horizon, right? So I finally see the horizon. And amazingly, everything starts to get a little calmer. And it's not that the boat stops rocking. It's just somehow I find equilibrium. I'm now oriented to, to some kind of proper reference point. And this feeling of peace just washed over me. Now, the boat ride was still choppy, but I was able to find my peace in the midst of that choppiness. And the promise that Jesus says to us is one of the ways that he brings heaven to touch earth in our lives is he gives us the Holy Spirit who brings us peace. So that when we follow him, 
He doesn't often change the circumstances we're in. He doesn't change the choppiness. He doesn't make everything go away, but he gives us a sense of peace in the midst of that. He is our horizon line that we might find equilibrium. But there's a second promise here. Second promise is this. Jesus provides guidance. When Thomas, who is doubting, comes to Jesus, he says, Jesus, I don't understand this heaven where you're going. And Jesus has to give him this answer. And we all know it, but here's what happens. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? And Thomas is basically asking for GPS directions, right? Uh, Which is pretty logical. And Jesus says this, I am the way and the truth and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. Thomas, what you're asking me for is like, you know, this map thing, but I'm not giving you the map. I am your guide. I am... I'm not just giving you guidance in the forms of directions. I'm going to be with you to help you take every step of the way to where we're going. This place called heaven, I'm going to inaugurate it in your lives by being a guide for you. Again, I'll give you an illustration. Uh, I was in Boy Scouts in middle school, and we had this one backpacking merit badge we had to get. And so the parents were like, hey, we're going to take the kids, and we're going to go out to this wilderness, and we're going to backpack and camp out and come back overnight, one of those deals. Now, these are just normal parents. These are not like... It's not Bear Grylls out here doing survival guide technique, right? This is like Sally, the soccer mom who just, you know, you know, got home from work and loaded up the minivan and is going out, right? We were completely unprepared for this other than the fact that we had the backpack and we just had a will to go out and be in the wilderness to get this merit badge that we had to get to earn the rank, right? And so we get to the front and there's a guide and it's just like these kind of, you know, rambunctious middle school boys. And then these parents who are just like, you could tell, they're like, please help us. We don't know what we're doing, but, you know, we got to get this merit badge. And the, the guy at the, the gates or whatever, when we got there right in the parking lot, he was like, he's getting a map ready, but you could tell he was about to hand it to us, but he was like, this is going to go poorly. Like if I just hand this map off to these parents, I'm never going to see them again. And then there's just going to be a lot of paperwork. Like the police are going to show up, CNN, it's just going to go poorly for us. So as he's handing, he just kind of takes it back a little bit. And he's like, "Um, how about this? I have a pack over there. Why don't I just go with you on this overnight excursion? And I'll pitch a tent somewhere in the vicinity. I'll get you the campsite. We'll get there. We'll camp out. And then when you're ready to go back, I'll just kind of walk with your party till we get back to the parking lot. And the parents are like, thank you so much. That's going to be so helpful, right? So that's what he did. He got his pack, walked us to the campsite, camped out, and he walked us back. He was our guide. He went with us every step of the way. It wouldn't have been loving for him to just give us instructions and say, Hope you do well. Good luck there. May the odds be ever in your favor. There's just, this is, that would have been a Hunger Games scenario for sure. Uh, there would only be one person who would be tribute and it wouldn't have been me. We would have, it would just been a really bad situation. He walked every step of the way with us. And this is what Jesus does. One of the ways he brings heaven into our lives and following him is that he is our guide. So that whatever you're going through, whatever troubles you have, he not only orients you, but he helps us with wisdom and with purpose navigate our lives. Let me ask you something, Church of the Springs. Is there anybody in here who's going through some trouble in this season? You're a little bit rocky and you need some peace. You're a little bit lost and you could use a guide. Jesus wants to be that peace to you. And Jesus wants to be that guide for you to help you get where he wants you to go. But there's also another promise that's equally as important here. Another core value of heaven. And that's this. Jesus gathers people. In verse 18, he just kind of starts off this statement. He says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Orphans is plural there. 
Jesus has this way of constantly gathering people around himself. And you can see there's this group of people that are there in their community and they are scared that he's gonna leave and they're gonna be abandoned. They're gonna be all alone. And Jesus wants to offer this uh, promise. I will send you my Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit will be a comforter. I will not leave you as orphans. Not only will I give you one another, but I will be with you so that you will feel a sense of belonging. There's a fourth home that I haven't told you about yet. I told you there are four homes. I've told you about three of them. Let me tell you about the fourth home. Or rather, let me show you this picture of this home here. So this is our home just a few weeks ago. Uh, and you can't, maybe you can tell more on that screen of the contrast, but there's some people here at the table. And then there's some people over here by the Christmas tree and they're watching a movie. Uh, you know, as Ron mentioned, we did young adult ministry. And, you know, about six years ago, we started with this group of 18, 19 year olds who are all college students, kind of figuring out life, whatever. Um, and since that time, they've graduated from college, they've gotten married. And the first round of them have started buying homes and having kids. And they're still all of our friends. And uh, we're in this big group chat. And recently we were talking about a Christmas movie that we thought was really important. I talk about all the time. And they were like, oh, we've never seen this movie. Like, you never seen this movie? We've never seen this movie. So Natalie just said, hey, we're gonna show this movie. I'll cook dinner. You guys just come over. Whoever wants to come over, just come on over. And we thought like, I don't know, maybe two or three of those couples would come over. All of them came over and brought their kids and they came to our house with our kids. And we don't have a giant house, but we're kind of of the opinion, the size of our home doesn't limit the size of our hospitality. You feel me on that, right? So we're just like the doorbell rang, we opened and they just kind of started piling in. And here they are, they're all at the table because that we didn't have enough seating and they're all at the couch and they're sitting on the floor laying on each other and there's babies and there's kids and they're just all crammed in together, having a great time, enjoying life, watching this Christmas Christmas movie, more than 20 of those people just in my house. And when I took this photo, I just had this realization. Natalie and I have become the home that we always wanted. It was breathtaking. I just look around and there's just people coming in. Every time Natalie just says, hey, you guys wanna come over? Just people just come over. And it's really been everywhere we've lived we had a previous house in Orlando and we lived there and just kids would come home at the end of the day and they would just all come over to our house, right? People just come over, they just knock, say, hey, we're coming over. People call us all the time. Hey, can I just come over and eat dinner with you? And we're like, sure, this is our policy, right? People are coming in, they're living with us for periods of time. Just ran, random people are knocking on the door. We're like, hey, you look safe, come on in, right? Just, they're just people in our home all the time. We've become the home that we always wanted. How? Because when I was 16, I prayed and asked Jesus to come into my life and to change me. And when he did, he brought heaven with him. So that heaven has changed my life by giving me peace, by giving me purpose and surrounding me with people. And so what heaven has done to change my life has now changed my home. And what heaven has done to change my home, it's now changed my neighborhood. And by God's grace, what heaven is doing to change my neighborhood is gonna be changing my city because when you have Jesus, you have home and he brings heaven to touch earth and he takes over everything. And so Church of the Springs, can I encourage you with this? If you wanna find a home, and I'm talking the ideal home, only Jesus can lead you home. And so here's the simple application I wanna give us here today. Two ways I want us to pray, right? My, my simple application is this. If you want a home, follow Jesus. 
If you want the kind of home, the ideal home, the, the home that everybody wants to be a part of, follow Jesus. And you can follow Jesus really in, in two ways. If, you, if this is your first time here or first time in a long time, maybe you haven't been following Jesus and this is the day for you that's been appointed. Maybe you wanna be like the people who are getting baptized who've been baptized because they're following Jesus. The way to follow Jesus is just simply to pray uh, and ask him to come into your life. And in just a little bit, I'll offer us a time to pray. And if that's you, I wanna encourage you to pray and ask Jesus to come into your life so that you can follow him. But maybe you're here today and you've been following Jesus for a while, but maybe the shakiness of this world has just caused you to live in a lot of trouble and you have doubts and you're not really sure. Maybe you wanna pray in a second way here today. What Jesus says this is if you love me and you obey my commandments, then my father and I will come and we will bring our home to you. If you're a follower of Jesus, you can love him and you can obey his commandments. Uh, I, again, I have a wife and I can tell her I love her all day long. And if she says, hey, honey, will you put up the dishes? And I go, no, I will not obey your commands. You know, I am my own autonomous being. How dare you try to speak into my world like that, right? Uh, marriage wouldn't last very long, right? I mean, some of you are in here, you're married, you've been together. Can we get some nods? Marriage, prob you probably wouldn't advise that to us, right? Okay, am I getting some nods here? Actually, what I'm getting is a lot of people like, please don't talk about that, right? Like, hmm, yeah. I actually did that last night. Shh, it's too soon, Doug. Don't bring that up, right? We all get the point, right? When you love somebody, when they give you commands, when they give you advice, when they, when they speak into your world, you listen. Why? Because you love them. Because those are the words that are coming from the person you love. And so if you're here today and you've been following Jesus and you've just been through a little bit of trouble, can I encourage you from God's word to lean in and to obey his commands? There's an old Baptist hymn, if you ever go to Baptist churches, maybe you've heard it before. It goes like this, trust and obey, for there is no other way to be happy in Jesus than to trust and obey. Today, I wanna to lead you to do two things, either trust Jesus in prayer or to obey Jesus in your practice. And so if you would, let's uh, facilitate a time of prayer here with me. If you'd pray with me, this would be great. And if you're that first person who's never followed Jesus before, I wanna invite you to pray something like this. Jesus, whatever it means to follow you, I wanna follow you here today. I want you to bring the home of heaven to me. Would you forgive me of my sins? And would you help me to follow you all of my days? And if you're in the second category here today, maybe you're someone who's been following Jesus, maybe you might wanna pray something like this. Jesus, I wanna follow you. Help me to read your word and to obey your commands so that I can love you with all of my life. And Jesus, we pray for both these categories of folks who may be here today. And Jesus, you're God, so I'm gonna put this on you, God. If you don't bring the peace and you don't bring the purpose and you don't bring the people, we're not gonna make it on this earth, Jesus. We're just not. It's, there's a lot of trouble here. We're anxious. I can feel it in the room, we are anxious. Lord, the reason we pray to you is because we know your promises are true. And so please, Jesus, bring the peace and bring the guidance and bring the people. Don't leave us as orphans. And would you do all of this, Jesus, for your glory 
and for our good and for the good of this community that we love, the Springs. And it's in your name we pray, amen. Amen. Springs, thanks for letting me be with you here this morning. Thank you for listening to the Church at the Springs podcast. If you were encouraged by this message, be sure to leave a review. We'd love to hear from you. If you're in the area, join us on Sundays. For times and locations, visit thesprings.net. And again, thank you for listening to the Church at the Springs podcast.